This Side of Country with Trav, supporting new artists and celebrating the legends on 95.9 KRFF. Somebody here that a lot of the uh, the up-and-coming artists that we have here on the show credit this man for not only his amazing songwriting, but uh, what he's done here in the Fargo-Moorhead community. We got Darren Wentz. Good morning to you, Captain. How good are you? Good morning. Very good. Very good. Thank, thank you, you for, for having me. Thank you for being here. We appreciate yeah. you making time. We know you're a busy man. Yeah, yeah. How was your Valentine's Day? What'd you do? Uh, you know, uh, I, too, work in radio. Yeah. And <laughs> I was at a trade show, covering a trade show for radio for Valentine's Day. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't a very exciting Valentine's <laughs> Day right. for me. Yeah. Doesn't sound very romantic. That's okay. I had fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What do you do in radio? Enlighten our listeners with that. I, I'm an account executive for uh, Agricultural Talk Station here in town. Mm. So we're a very specific market. Absolutely. How yeah. long have you been doing that now? Uh, about 10, 11 years. 10, 11 years yeah how long and i'm probably already stealing a question from you here katie because we're going to turn it over to you for three questions here but how long have you been in music and playing actively here in the fargo moorhead community i think my first gig in fargo was 1989 wow. 1989. Yeah, I, was, I was in college uh, at ndsu okay and uh, i came i came here for communications and agriculture right and uh i i, I think i made my first dollar playing guitar Absolutely. Uh, I think it. I think it was 1989. It was either. I'm pretty sure 89. Right. How yeah. f- How have you seen the landscape of the music community here in Fargo Moorhead since 1989? Your first gig mm-hmm. up until now. You know, it's it's Jeez. always a sine wave. Yeah. It, it, it's always up and down and up and down and right. up and down. And when I started, a guy could do a solo act. Right. And it was it was common. It right. wasn't it wasn't all that uncommon. But yeah. at that time, there were still a lot of bars that featured just bands. Yeah. And bands would come in on a Tuesday night and play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Yeah. That was really common. You could see four different bands in a week and see which night you wanted to see them all all throughout town. And then it kind of went the other way again for a while, and you couldn't get a gig as a solo performer or as a duo or as a small acoustic act. Interesting. And it comes back and forth and back and forth. You know, it's always up and down. Right, right. So what do we got to do to make things more consistent and keep that growth process supporting artists and the music industry here in Fargo-Moorhead? What do we got to do, in your opinion, to keep that growth consistent? Well, Trav, you're stealing all my questions. That was not a question of yours. I saw your questions. You were going to ask him what his favorite color was. I know that. <laughs> or if I like pickles. <laughs> as far as supporting artists, the best way you can support artists is go out and see them. Go out and uh, see and them. And when, you, when you're there, pay attention to what's happening on stage. That I will say this part of the country. Yeah. Uh, is very different from a listening room in Texas or a listening room in Nashville or yes. Memphis. Or it, it's it's very different. People aren't accustomed to listening to music or seeing music as right. an art form. Right, and they don't. They I'm don't. And glad. That's, that's just culturally. I'm glad you said that because that is something we have discovered a lot here in the last two years that we've been doing this radio show. When we go out and do like songwriters rounds. Mm-hmm. They're putting them in the environment of a bar and grill, and they're leaving the games on TV, and the yeah. volume's down a little low, and you're trying to compete with all these games and all this TV action going on and all this trivia and all this bingo. It is not set up for you to come in there and give your attention to these artists, mm-hmm. but even when you do put them in that environment... Mm-hmm. A lot of them are used to that, that they're standing around, they're drinking beer, they're talking with their friends, and you can almost hear them over the artist. They're not there to give their attention to the artist like they should be. I would love for us to grow and get past that and truly support the artist when it's their time on stage 
give it to them. Give them your undivided attention. It, it, it is important. Yeah. Uh, and that's how you can appreciate music. Also, it used to be uh, when you would show up on one of these shows, we would always tell you, you know, buy the merch, buy the buy the CD and stuff. But, but coming to your show was how you made your money. Right. You were making money at the door. You yep. were making money. In those days, you made money at the door. Now, it's vital. If you show up and your best, you know, your buddies are playing in a band and they're playing over at, you know, ABC Bar. Yeah. Go there and buy their merch because right. they make much more money off of their merch and their their physical uh, properties than they do off of point zero zero four six five cents per stream. Right, right, absolutely. Well, I'm taking all of intern Katie's questions here. <laughs> She's in broadcasting over there at uh, at Moorhead MSUM, and uh, we want her to gain knowledge. We want her to get the education here on the show. I promised her that she would be first with the questions, yeah. so that I wouldn't be stealing them. I've probably taken everything away from you but i'm gonna turn it over to you i've got a i've got a pickle i gotta finish so i'm gonna go ahead and do that and katie if you're just starting in your broadcast (laughs) career i can assure you this will not be the worst pickle that you've ever (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna spend a great deal of time eating any number of pickles and by the way they're they're a beautiful red colored pickle here so we should call them uh like rickles exactly (laughs) darren as you you know this is warming her up with the career that she's about to embark on this is only testing the waters my friend you have no idea what you're going to get into (laughs) so all right i'm gonna eat my pickle you take it away okay so you talked about like when you kind of first got started Mm -hmm. in music but what kind of inspired you to like take the step and go start performing when i was a kid i spent uh many many hours as a lot of north dakota kids did in a tractor cab uh all summer long and listening to the radio and music was a big part of that and and i listened to a lot of music radio as a kid you know 12 hours a day sometimes Mm -hmm. all summer long so i was a big music fan and i kind of come from a music family as well um what inspired me to make music uh i started i think i had a fairly sophisticated taste as a kid even when i was in high school i was listening to some of the songwriters and everybody else was kind of concentrating on the artists per se or their image or at the course at the time that was you know rock and roll was king back then Mm -hmm. that was in the that was in the 80s when i grew up so all the kids were listening to rock music and I was listening to singer songwriters and that's the storytelling kind of got to me and, and I became a, a fan of that. But I, I come from a country music family. That's cool. Um, it's nice that like you focus on the songwriters because, you know, not a lot of people tend to right. just listen to the artists. Yep. And I like I like artists who like write their own music. Right. Um, so Trav stole this question of mine. Was sure. like, what are we'll, things, we'll answer it again. What are things like the community can do to like support local live music? But on top of that, like you perform locally a lot. And mm-hmm. so what advice would you give to local upcoming musicians that want to start performing? Uh, you, you have to have a thick skin in a certain sense. Like we mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, this part of the world isn't doesn't really look at this as an art form to to view as much as just to talk over (laughs) that that sounds rough but you know you've got to have a thick skin in that respect if you are a great artist if you are truly the next taylor swift if you're (laughs) truly the next garth brooks you've got to realize that you can make an incredible piece of art and it may not be successful Mm -hmm. and your best work incredible art may not be commercially successful that's that's a big thing that i think a lot of people need to understand yeah 
I'm with you on that, and that is exactly why. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm I'm still I'm still processing the pickle over here. <laughs> um, I'm with you on that. And that's why I started this show two two years ago because I was getting music s- submitted to me from local artists. I'm going, this is great. Mm-hmm. This is good stuff. Not only is the production great, songwriting's done great. The talent is tremendous. If you did not tell me that this is a local artist and you just snuck that song in between a Taylor Swift mm-hmm, and a mm-hmm, Garth Brooks mm-hmm. right away, I'm going, oh, this is some hot new up and coming artist. I love this song. And I'm going, why aren't we supporting that? Why aren't mm-hmm. we supporting that more? Why are we not celebrating their talent and what they're doing here? We need to do more as a community. And that is exactly why this show started two years ago. So I love wow. that you said that. Well, I, and I think one other thing is, you know, when I started playing guitar, Back when you hadn't you hadn't even probably had a pickle yet, uh, <laughs> but when I when I started doing this, artists w- depended on music companies to make their music. Right. And nowadays, it's become easy enough to where you can get a professional recording mm-hmm. in in Allison's basement. Right. You can get it done in my basement in your living room. You can get a really good record. So. It's, it's become easier and easier to make music, but it's in many ways become harder and harder to find music. Right. Mm-hmm. So as music becomes pervasive in everything, think about what you do during the day where there's music playing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whether you've got the radio on or whether you're in, you know, you're shopping or whatever. Right. There's always a song playing. Yep. You know, the, the music is the soundtrack of our lives. Right. And that sounds like a, a huge cliche, like somebody in Nashville wrote that, but it's true. <laughs> right. So how would you tell an artist... What do I got to do to get people's attention? Because there are so many things technology-wise. Mm-hmm. Listen to everybody's got a podcast these days. Mm-hmm. You can get on a mic, talk about anything you want. I've got a podcast. Same with artists. You've got, um, what is it that they do with uh, auto-tune? You've got auto-tune. Somebody mm-hmm. can just go in there, auto-tune something. Maybe they know how to write a few words. Uh, there's already music beds that are already produced. You just pick the one you want, write some words to it, sing in an auto-tune mic. You've got a song. Knowing that it is so easy, how does an artist stand out, in your opinion, to get the attention of people to listen to their music? I think uh, there are almost two questions there. One, how do you get better at writing songs or telling that story? Right. And that's through the study of literature, poetry, and and how stories are told. Right. Mm-hmm. And if, if you just do that through music, that's fine. Yeah. But if you do it through the formal process of actually... You know, you got to read a lot. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't really care if it's on screen or yeah. if it's in a book in your hand or if it's a newspaper. you got to read. you got to experience that stuff. Uh, the other part of your question was, how do you get seen, right? Right. Um, that's changed a lot. Yep. It used to be the music company's job to get out there and promote you. You're going to work hard. Right. But how do you, now they kind of expect you to do it yourself. Uh, they want you to produce the music and they kind of expect you to have your podcast and to yep. have your social media yep. following and all that stuff, which is uh, kind of tough because artists do need direction in that. I think artists need direction in that. And some are very successful at it. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that are more interested in being famous than they are in being good. Absolutely. Yeah. Darren, I want to talk. We've been, uh, we play your music here on the show mm-hmm. and I know Katie had a question for you about the album. Yeah. What song on the album, like, led you to record it? Ooh, that's a good one. I knew I wanted to do, uh, I I knew I wanted to get something out there physically. There was bootlegs out there, and and I'm kind of one of those artists I prefer to play. Uh, I like live stuff, and I like Mm -hmm. roots music, acoustic music. 
So when it was a question of recording a record, if there was a song on the record that spurred me to record the record, probably Welcome Angels, which is the last cut on the mm-hmm. on the on the CD. Um, when I had that one and people started reacting to it the way they did, I went, okay, I probably need to have a better cut of than just a bootleg on this. Right. Yeah. right. And if you're going to do that, then the question becomes, there's a lot of artists, uh, in particular upcoming artists, that say, I'm going to do an EP real quick and I'm going to release these tracks digitally, which is fine, mm-hmm. but I wanted, I wanted to have at least 10 cuts and do a full album. So yeah, I went down, my buddy Brooks West uh, and... Uh, Jonathan Jared Rice produced it down in Nashville at uh, Bull Eagle Studios and uh, yeah had a good time. It's a great record. I want to ask, we're kind of back into where we started with the music Mm -hmm. industry. When you think about the 50s, you know, Elvis Presley, things like that, they used to record a song, put out a single and you'd have the B-side. That would Mm -hmm. have to tide fans over for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Then you'd get another song. Yep. Then it became more about, here's a single, buy the whole album yep. in the 80s and 90s. Now we're kind of back to, you know, with the streaming, here's a song. I'm going to let you have that one for about six to eight weeks. Then we're going to give you another one. And before you know it, you've bought three or four singles. Now you only have one or two songs left of the mm-hmm. EP they just released. Right. What method do you like most or what do you prefer? You know, that's six of one and a half a dozen of the other. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's really tough because music is changing so much in the last 10 years. Right. In particular, the last 10 years. And I would say, really, one of the things that that hurt it for artists was the idea of sharing files. Yeah. And that, that became very hard. You mentioned Elvis Presley. Right. In 1953 or 54, when he recorded Hound Dog. Right. You bought that album. Yeah. You bought right. that, that, that single. Right. You paid... What for it? 99 cents. Wow. And you bought it at Walmart, or not Walmart, uh, uh, Woolworths. Yes. Uh, you Woolworths. bought it for 99 cents. Yeah. 1953, 1955, right, right. In there, wherever it was. Now, if if Brianna, who you just played, yep. releases a digital cut of her latest song, right. and it's fantastic. Yep. You pay ninety nine cents for it. Exactly, it, and it's seventy years later, and you're paying just as much for it. Elvis got eight and a half cents mechanical right. royalty yep. when you bought his yeah. CD. Mm-hmm. When you stream it from Brianna, her new song, she gets point zero zero four six five cents. Oh, that's terrible. So it, it's huh. yeah, it's it's. Uh, you truly do not make that much money unless you've sold millions of singles. Well, and it's true. Now, here again, that does that has nothing to do with the art. Right. That has nothing to do with, but it does have to do with the commercial viability of an artist being able to make a living. Yeah. Right, right. So that's tough. Yeah. You know, radio is very supportive uh, in an artist's career these days, but besides the whole streaming thing, we got to get them to, to find out about the artist and about their music. What do you see being a very important factor for artists these days to help them spread, hey, I'm, I'm an artist, I make music, I want you to check it out. What would you say is a, a, a really good component that helps them promote themselves? Well, they, they do a really good job. The new artists today, the kids that I would have, at, I shouldn't say kids, I know, but I'm an old man, so the, the young artists that I would see that would play the Songwriters Night that I've been involved in yeah. for over 10 years, I hosted the Songwriters Night downtown in Fargo on Broadway at, cool. at, at the old Hodo. Okay. And uh, the artists that we would have there, they're very aware that the way to get it out there is through the digital platforms. Right. And that's, you know, through their TikTok, through their, right. through their YouTube following, through their Facebook, through their... 
Instagram and all that stuff. And I would say, and I just read something the other day. Like I said, I work in radio yeah. like you folks. I just read something the other day regarding the viability of TikTok as a commercial platform. Right. So record companies now encourage them to be more active in that regard. Yeah. And they're basically taking... They're, they're putting the artist in charge of their own promotion and if you can get enough streams then we'll give a damn about your record right so which is which is it's just a different way of looking at it and it's it's disappointing as an artist and I don't think anybody knows how they're gonna make money my, so, one of my favorite songwriters is Steve Earle and he told oh, a story in it. Nashville or in uh, in Australia actually at an interview where he said it used to be the music model was whoever died with the biggest unrecouped advance from a record company wins you know <laughs> And it's not that it's not that way anymore, right? Know? Right. Uh, I want to ask you more about when you were young. Uh, yes. When did this come out? What year? Uh, 16, 17? Five, five years ago, I think. Okay. Yeah. Did you release any music prior to this? Nope. Just, you, this nope, is your first one ever. Yeah, yeah. I was wow. an old man when I made a record. All right. Which is funny because I made a CD the week people quit buying CDs. That's a lot of fun, <laughs> by the way. I encourage you to. So look having into had it. this experience now. Yeah. Are there more in the works? Do you oh, yeah. have plans to make more music? Yeah, I, I you know, pandemic, I, I was kind of at the point where I wanted to record. And you get a pretty thick catalog when you get to be my age. Right. Uh, but when you when pandemic hit, it was kind of like, okay, everybody's doing everything differently. Everybody's right. doing more digital thing. How am I going to do this? Do mm-hmm. I want to wait? And I'm kind of at the point now where, all right, I, you know, if I was if I was making my living at this, you want to have a you want to have a follow up project yeah. every year right to 18 months right if i was miranda lambert you have to have a follow-up project every eight or ten months right right so uh but for me as an independent artist yeah i would like to have done something right about the time pandemic hit yeah but we've got to get the performance leg of it back on back under you before you start worrying mm-hmm. about that would i do it again in nashville um I was really worried about going to Nashville. I will say it's very easy to record in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, because if you need someone to play this part on a you know a German piccolo, you've got eight guys that will raise their hand and say, I can do that. I can do it right. And the, probably the guy delivering your pizza will knock it right out of the park. <laughs> That's They're hilarious. Phenom- you can get any voice you want. You can get any instrumentation you want at the drop of a hat in Nashville. So, yes, it would be. It's good in that respect. Could I do it here now, understanding the process better and having that uh, actual production behind me? Yeah, I, I, I could probably do it here. I yeah. think it would actually, oddly enough, be more expensive to do it here and be more time-consuming. Because you don't see th- this because, process normally done here. Because you can get your rhythm section all in the room at the same time. Right. And, you know, for a few hundred dollar bills, you get your drummer there for the day, you get your bass player there for right. the day, you get another rhythm guitar player there for a day. That's a good and point. And you can, and, and I do not encourage anybody to do that in, in an experimental kind of way. You should have your, you should have it figured out in your idea in your head, but you can get them all in the room. Right. And uh, you, you can produce music that way. I love it. If you don't already have his record, he released this a couple of years ago, and we've been playing tracks on it on the show here. When you were young, where can folks find this album? Anywhere the digital music, anywhere you find your digital music. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Spotify. Any, anywhere like that. If, if you're looking up music online, all you have to type in is Darren Wentz when you were young, and you'll find it there. Perfect. And you can actually get a physical copy in a few at a few places. All right. Will yeah. there be some at the show? Oh yeah, we'll have some at the show. Wonderful. Uh, intern Katie, you've never been to the Grand Ole Brewery. It's a lot like the Grand Ole mm-hmm. Opry. Have you ever seen an episode of the Grand Ole Opry? 
Yeah. What do you like about it? Uh, I my dreams like to go to Nashville because I've never been to Nashville. But um, I like the Grand Old Opry because they do spotlight like new upcoming artists right. and they get to do their Opry debut and everything like that. So one of my favorite artists just made his like Opry debut like this past weekend. His name's Charles Wesley Godwin. So Ooh. like getting to see like him do that. Like I've saw videos and stuff and I'm like, oh, it makes you proud too. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Alicia, have you ever seen the Grand Old Opry before or heard of it? I've heard of it. Never yeah. seen it. Yeah. You're going to your first Grand Old Brewery coming yes. up here March 10th. What are you most excited about from what you've heard? So what, uh, when I first heard about it, I, well, I love music in general. Just, yeah. So I, I'm down to go to any concert, try new things. Right. Um, but being in studio here with you, I've met now a few of them. So Brianna yep. and Kyle yep. and now Darren. Yep. Um, and so for me, it's kind of fun. I've met some of these people and now it even makes it better that I can go there and, you know, I had, have had conversations with them right. and can kind of see them in their, in their element up there. And I'm really excited about that. Plus beer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Plus beer. Yeah. You Beer's. can't go wrong with good no, beer. I can't. <laughs> Darren, when we were putting the lineup together for uh, the third one, we're celebrating our one year anniversary. First mm-hmm. of all, I got to say, just excited that there's a third one. Yeah. Excited that there's a one year anniversary. Excited that up to this point so far, these events have been selling out. That's great. And uh, we're very excited because everybody's wanted you on this on this roster for quite some time. So we're honored to have you. Thank you very much. This round, what are you looking forward to about the Grand Old Brewery? Uh, the Grand Old Brewery, it's a cool room, first of all. It's the right size room for an event like that. Right. Um, which people can, you know, you can get twisted. I, I wouldn't want to have a songwriter show in, a, you know, more than about a thousand seats. Right. And what are we going to put in there for Grand Old Brewery? It's are, about, you guess we're going to have a few hundred? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're a little over two. Yeah. Um, when when uh, your intern, intern uh, Katie. Katie was yeah. talking about new artists at the Grand Old Opry, I go the other way with that almost. When I when I see the Grand Ole Opry and I've seen the uh, been down to the Ryman Auditorium, yes. you know, the, the heritage and everything mm-hmm. uh, of all that is really the weight you feel when you walk in there. Mm-hmm. And then you feel the excitement of the new artists, the Ashley McBrides, the yep. the uh, you know all, all that, the all legends, that, yeah, the, that le- have the legends that have been there. there. And yeah. you walk into that room. There's very few rooms I've been in that I think. You know, because as a musician, you're supposed to be all cool and you're supposed to believe in magic and all that stuff. <laughs> right. And and you kind of, you know, at some point, you, that wears off. <laughs> you right. start realizing the reality of stuff. There's very few rooms I've been in that I that I thought were, you know, that had that something, that right. magic something. Yeah. The Ryman Auditorium in Nashville is mm-hmm. one of them. Absolutely. So, so and that's me, the mother church of country music. So let yeah. me put it to you this way sure. then, just by what you said. Mm-hmm. When you think about who the local legend is going to be on this bill. Ooh, That's Matt. you, my friend. Well, okay, and the re- <laughs> <laughs> you can, and I'll encourage you to say that, and I'll pay you for it later. <laughs> but but I, I, I will tell you the reason that uh, a lot of the upcoming artists, the Briannas and and stuff like that, uh, I had them on songwriting shows, right? And I think they're encouraged to see someone that's still writing songs. Right. Because any number of us, you can't swing a broken guitar without hitting someone that wrote songs for a while and then quit. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think the young artists that I would have at Songwriters Night over the years, or to stay involved in the songwriting community, and to still do it at my advanced age, you know, (laughs) 79,000 years, whatever, (laughs) you know, they see that and they go, okay, you can still do this. You can still have fun, even if you're not making your living at it. Right. Mm -hmm. And and they they can see that that, you know, that's important. And I encourage people to, you know, when you've got a 
a 17 year old girl with a guitar you're going to get a love song out of it oh, <laughs> you know? that's, yeah. that's the way it goes so i encourage people to write outside of what mm-hmm. commercially they know they want it because there are again there are those young artists that just want to be rich and famous doesn't yep. mean you're going to be good right. right so i encourage them you know what write a song about your car write a song about yeah. uh you know uh katie's cat right <laughs> write, write a song about travis's uncle right you know yeah do something outside of the 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 three songs that you think you're gonna write absolutely killer lineup you're on oh, that yeah. lineup who are you looking forward to what are you looking forward to most about this it's show it's cool because i've never seen uh uh if you go through the lineup i've never seen like lily play right um uh i've never seen natty Jean play right um but i've you know i've played shows with with uh, a lot of the people on the bill right. uh, but i'm i'm always excited to see matt play yeah uh, he's so talented and so yeah. good. Absolutely. I mean, for those tuning in, I mean, 32 below. Right. That's all you got to say. I mean, that whole right. thing started with Matt. Yeah. So very excited to see that. Do you still do your songwriters rounds here in town? Uh, not since pandemic. Not since I, pandemic. I don't do it. I will be performing at a songwriting round with our friend Zach yeah. Thomas over at uh, the uh, Murphy's Pub next Wednesday, the 22nd. Okay. So I'll be over there for a songwriter's night. Um, and that'll that, that's actually pretty fun because that's a real round. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets three or four artists on stage, and then we trade songs throughout the night. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But I, I'm currently not hosting one. Absolutely. Well, so. let's get into it. We, we're very excited, and thank you so much for making time for being on the show. Sure. And doing a performance. Tell us about the song you're about to play here. Okay. I was, and, and again, if you pick up the physical copy of the CD, I think the story's on the inside. But um, I was at a song right, or at a uh, concert in Minnesota some years ago and sitting around with several other musicians. It was a big festival, outdoor festival. And between shows, we were sitting around and we were drinking a beer and eating our, you know, Kool-Aid pickles and whatever <laughs> we were doing. And uh, we were having a good time. We were, it's kind of what they call a guitar pull. Everybody was kind of taking the turns oh, and mm-hmm. we were playing songs back and forth. And sure. everybody would tell the story of their song. And the story for this one was comes from that because everybody's story said, well, okay, I was, I was in Nashville uh, with my girlfriend at the time, and I was, you know, ah. I was doing this, or I was at a rodeo in Fergus Falls with my girlfriend, girlfriend at the time, <laughs> or I was in jail, and my girlfriend at the time had to come pick me up. <laughs> Everybody had a story about their girlfriend at the time, and yeah. none of them were with the, these men. And, and, and I said, you know, someone ought to write a song about that, my girlfriend at the time. And there was like three songwriters sitting around there, myself, my buddy Donnie, and a couple others. Yeah. And uh, we all kind of got quiet and went, yeah, yeah, someone got to write that. <laughs> My yeah. girlfriend and at luckily, the time. Luckily, I got it done first. So excited to see you a part of Grand Ole Brewery 3. I am Thank very happy to be coming to that. I, I, I've been to both the other shows, yeah. and like I said, I really enjoy the artists. I enjoy the room. Great beer, great people, so I'm looking forward to it. And our band leader, Dan Bretke, truly, uh, when we came we came up with doing this show uh, for number three here, uh, he's like, I can't wait to back Darren. That's like somebody I grew up listening to well, here I, in the community, so we're excited. Dan is one hell of an artist. I really, really respect that kid. I had I played a couple different things with him, and again, I, I'm silly enough to call him a kid. The man, <laughs> the man is very, very talented, and uh, you can't throw an instrument at him that he can't just beat you into the ground with. Right. He's a great songwriter. Right. He, he's a triple threat. He's yeah. a great songwriter. He's a great performer. 
performer, and he's a great entertainer. I love it. And artists like yourself and Dan continuing to put Fargo-Moorhead on the map here as far as, hey, we got a lot of talent up here in the Midwest. Make sure you keep your eye on Fargo. Darren, thank you so much for making time. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. I look forward to Grand Ole Brewery. Will you come back again? Oh, definitely. We'd love to have you. This side of country. This side.